Hey listener, this is Out of Beta. My name is Peter Soom and my co-host is Matt Wensing. Matt is the founder of Summit and I'm the founder of Reform and on this podcast you get to follow along on our startup journeys. If you're a new listener, don't forget to check out our website on autobeta.fm to find our entire back catalog. Hey Matt. Hey Peter. How are we doing? Little slightly nervous here or I don't know, uneasy about the fact that our last message in our Slack history was about last podcast a week ago. It's kind of sad. What's going on? Good thing we have the podcast, basically. Good thing. Or else... You'd forget about me. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, never, never. <laughs> I was just talking to so just my wife about you yesterday. Oh. I'm not going to tell you what, but I was talking Uh-oh. about you. <laughs> Anyways, how's it going this week? Pretty good, you know, as tis the season. Sitting here sipping my Starbucks holiday drink and enjoying the cool weather and just kind of starting to get in the holiday spirit a little bit yeah shifting gears which feels good how are you doing yeah they uh they put up the christmas decorations in our little town today as well there's no lights in them and i wonder if there will be (laughs) (laughs) because it's everyone is trying to save energy these days at least in europe so um yeah Makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, around here, poor Thanksgiving, it just continues to get squeezed by Halloween and Christmas. I think Yeah. it just, it everyone's desperate to get Halloween stuff out because then you know it's the fall. And then as soon as Halloween passes, people are like, when can we start playing Christmas music? <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to it. Our daughter will be visiting from Seattle, which will be nice first visit home in nine weeks so yeah but good times good times how you been yeah i mean uh it's been tough on the reform front on my part because i've just been really occupied with my tailwind lapse work we started a new cycle last week we do two months cycles basically so six cycles a year i'm running two projects this cycle and so last week was a lot of basically getting those kicked off. So my, my role of reform right now is basically being an advisor to Bjorn is basically the setup right now. He runs the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. How's velocity? How's progress? I mean, I remember last episode we, you talked about kind of letting him run start to finish some more of the kind of customer support facing things or... Yeah, I mean, we're definitely like moving forward on a few different things, mostly stuff that was already in motion, but we're also like treading water a little bit because we're like, we're just at a spot where we've been for like two months or something like that, where we just don't really we need to make some decisions, but we just, I guess we're taking our time to like, even like figure out how to make those decisions. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe I'll talk about that a bit more in my my update before I move into that. And before I forget, I want to talk about a sponsor. So uh, our sponsor is Recast Studio, which is this tool that's really great for creating little video snippets for your long form audio or video, like a podcast. And those videos are great for social media. So you can put them on TikTok or Twitter, which is the one I use, maybe even Mastodon if you've moved to that. I created an account this week. 
just to be transparent. Yeah, so Recast Studio is really great. It is a self-serve tool because they use, I guess, like some sort of like AI transcription to transcribe the whole podcast. And you just literally just like select the text you want in your clip and it makes mm. a really a clip for you. Like it's that easy. Mm. But I just know that people don't take action when they listen to a podcast ad, especially not if they have to sign up for something. So they offered to basically for free do a couple of these for some of our listeners if they have a podcast. And the way we did it is I pinned a tweet to the out of beta Twitter account. And the first three people who would reply would get uh, like a couple of free snippets. I think they said five. And uh, three people did that. But I'm pretty sure if more people reply to the tweet, they'll probably... They'll probably do it anyway. So I encourage people to go find the tweet that's pinned to the out of beta Twitter account and let them know if you want to see what Rika Studio can do for your show or even just create an account and do it yourself because it's like pretty straightforward. So thank you, Rika Studio, for being our sponsor. Thank you. And I can move into my update. You really should. If you don't, I'm going to push you along. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to shove you into your update. I will. The one thing that Bjorn did the last week and this week was emailing everyone who signed up from uh, Less Annoying CRM, which we, uh, we launched an integration with them a couple of weeks ago and got a nice amount of signups from that. And we were not sure what the best next step was with those customers. So Bjorn did like a big spreadsheet where he had like basically how far along they got and their use case, what type of person they were kind of similar to what I did for another segment of our user base recently but he did the same thing for less annoying CRM customers so the, I think in terms of the use case they had for reform there wasn't like a super bit obvious overlap it's still like you know often because it's a CRM it's like related to intake but it was like you know a financial advisor or an NGO like just like very different use cases and I think the nature of less annoying CRM is it's not really for like a specific type of customer. It's mostly just for like if you're a small biz business and you think like that larger CRM solutions are like really frustrating and, and annoying, you can use the less annoying one. And that's kind of like what I'm seeing in, in the people that signed up from that. They're also like not very technical, which is fine. But some of them are like extremely like non-technical and are like basically just saying like, I, I saw you launched a thing with less annoying CRM. Can you explain to me what this is? <laughs> so you got to start mm. like way from the beginning. Not all of them are like that. Interestingly, like a few of them, it sounded like they had like, it's like maybe like a one person company, but then they had someone who built, who does their website or like a web designer, I think is the word that was being used. There was also like responsible for form stuff. So that's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. I guess we'll get some someone who's a bit more technical if we if we talk to them instead. So just based on the spreadsheet, it wasn't like immediately obvious like what the next best like the best next step for us would be. So Bjorn basically just started emailing everyone and just kind of make himself available and and ask them if they're using something else before they decided to try out Reform. Mm -hmm. Some of them were, some of them weren't, and some of them just signed up because. They, they got an email about it you know yeah i mean that's what you do when you get an email for something you give it a shot right <laughs> the response rate was really high which i th is great it seems like 
75% of people he emailed got back to him. It's still not like super obvious so far, like, because we want to we want to spend a bit more time on this less annoying CRM integration because it has showed like a promising start, I think. And basically the main takeaway was like, I think maybe because it is like a less technical crowd, um, mm -hmm. the onboarding was a bit of a challenge. It's, and it is also a more technical thing because they have to connect it to less annoying CRM. So they have to configure the integration as well. So it's more than just like sign up for form builder, create a form. It seemed like from the people we talked to, it didn't really matter what they used before or if they even were using anything. Like the, the, the main thing they cared about from a reform point of view was that it had a less annoying CRM integration. That was like what made it valuable. They really liked that part. That's what most of them said is like, I, I was interested in it because it has a, had a less annoying CRM integration, not because of anything else about it. But yeah, so Bjorn had a good idea that he's basically trying to build right now, which was basically having like a dedicated onboarding flow for less annoying CRM users. And the way that works technically in Reform is just having some sort of template because the way templates work in Reform is basically their onboarding. So mm. what he came up with, which is like a really cool idea is that the first thing you do when you sign up is that you connect to less annoying CRM from Reform. He then pulls out all your custom fields in your CRM and then shows you all the fields. So like these are the fields you know because they are the fields mm -hmm. from your CRM that you use every day. And you just basically pick the one that you want to go in the form. And then because we know what field types they are, we know how to make a form with those fields in Reform. Because mm -hmm. basically the Reform is just going to be a way to get data into less annoying CRM in an easy way or like, like a customer facing way. Mm -hmm. So by letting them pick the fields that they want, we just generate a form and it like it might, you know, the fields might not be in the correct order or like maybe they want multiple pages, but then at least it's only like a matter of dragging those fields around in the form instead of like creating the form and then somehow like mapping it, you know. It's actually very similar to when you and I talked about the headless forms product where you were like, you should just like give it the HTML form and then it creates like the reform instance for it based on like the markup basically. I think that was an idea you had. Yeah. This is the same thing just for less annoying CRM. I thought it's a great idea. And cool. I'm kind of curious to see if that's going to increase the activation rate because we have seen like an okay, like conversion rate point of view. I think the it, it looks good, like in terms of paying versus just signing up. But mm -hmm. because so many of them are getting stuck, like I think it could look even better with better onboarding. So it's like, just feels like something that's worth trying. Cool. Yeah, that's been like yeah, the the biggest project in the in the last few days. Yeah, then going forward, another thing that's kind of like on my mind is something we wanted to do for for forever. Basically, is redesigning our website, and like there's kind of like two reasons why that's daunting a bit. Like one is that I want new text on it, <laughs> I want new copy, new positioning. And also the other thing is like, I wanted to look really good. I wanted to look much better than the one we have now. Mm -hmm. And both of those are hard. Yeah, you could just, you could just copy Savvy Cals. That's what people, a lot of people are doing these days, you know, just, just take it. <laughs> <laughs> you need a good looking site, just, you know, find something Derek made and just copy that, right? People are literally the worst in general. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to say that out loud because I, 
I don't know. Why not? I'm happy today. But <laughs> it's our podcast. <laughs> it's our podcast. But people, if you're doing that, come on. Right? I mean. Be better. Be better. Yeah. You can do better. Maybe maybe switch it around and be a little more motivational. You can do better. At least like buy a tail when you are or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. At least flip a few. There you go. Good tailwind plug. Flip a few bucks their way. <laughs> Get your own mix and match. You don't have to put them in the exact order. You could change the hero. You could still use all of Derek's cool stuff, but change the hero around. You know, don't steal the logos. But yeah, I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a little bit of that this week. But yeah, I I feel you. I see where you'd want to do that with your current site. I kind of thought about it this week because one thing that I kind of had going this week, uh, think about reform, was basically... You know, our runway is getting shorter and shorter and I'm already doing other things. Eventually Bjorn will have to do other things until Reform is like more profitable than it is right now. Let me know if you need a good Rack developer. (laughs) (laughs) And so one thing I thought about is like, how can we make Reform simpler without making it worse? And Mm -hmm. is there anything like we could take out of it that would make it just like, like, could we just focus on the most important things? And then even if we're not like working on it full time, it still is really good and it keeps getting better. And then I just kind of realized that we could also do that from like all this stuff around it point of view, like the website, for example. Mm -hmm. Then one idea I kind of had is like, what if the website was more like text-based? Like if it was more like, not a manifest, you know, manifesto like <laughs> was popular mm. in the yeah in the level days, and it, which is kind of what it did for Branch. Actually, it worked pretty well. I completely ripped off uh, what Derek and Ben were doing with Savvy Cal and Tuple. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what if it was more of like a text-based thing with like still like really nice screenshots and like maybe it was still like interactive in a way or like almost like. Like it could still have like UI elements that could like show like a feature grid and stuff like that. But overall it had like, you're just reading a lot, like a sales letter almost like the good old like internet mm. marketing days, mm-hmm. but it's like really beautiful and it's like personal mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. And like one thing I like about it is like, I know how to make that look really good, even though like I'm not a visual designer. And the other thing I like about it is in a year it looks out, it looks dated. One thing I did on the reform website is I have these like eyebrow headlines that are like all caps. And you know the cool guys over at Tailwind Labs they're no no longer doing them all caps, you know, so they already look outdated on our website. But if it's mostly text based, that's like pretty easy to, you know, give it like a, f- a fresh coat of paint every year. What you know <laughs> It reminds me, do you know that in the, uh, I don't know if it's the interior design. No, is it one of these paint companies or is it Pantone? They, they're like one of the official color people. They have like a color of the year, basically. And it's like, I feel like Tailwind might have a little bit of that. Like, And the font or layout of the year is 11 point font above this, this, this. And that's what everyone's going to do next year. You know, trendsetters. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of influence there. It's pretty, pretty clear to see when you see, when you have my job, which for example, involved building like the Tailwind showcase and looking at a lot of websites. Like I'm not just talking about like using Tailwind UI, which is like meant to be copied. That's like the whole product, but also like other ideas that come out of that company get popular. 
Yeah, humans like to mimic things, it turns out. Great artists steal, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know they're all great, but... Yep, and monkeys copy, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Feisty today. Yeah. But anyways, like, so I'm I'm just kind of, like, <laughs> spending some time thinking about, like, could, could this be, like, like, could we make things simpler and also make them better and then also Mm. like stand out because we don't try to do the same thing that everyone else is doing with like less resources. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So that's kind of like where my head is at right now. It's like, can we make it easier to run this with less resources by just like doing less fancy stuff that no one really benefits from, you know, our customers don't benefit from us having like a really flashy website that we spend three months building. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's more like the, the razor, if you will, approach. It's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be a lot there, but it's super sharp and great at yeah. what it does. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you mostly have words, like those words, just have to like be pretty good as well. Yeah, copy and layout, copy and fonts is the most important thing. Then, yep. Mm-hmm. The other thing is like one thing we will focus on a lot more going into the new year's SEO just because mm-hmm. it's just starting to work for us and we should do a lot more than we do right now, which is almost zero. And that's also text-based, you know, the way that the way that we get more serious about it, SEO is just like keep adding more text to the website. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of like the next big project for Bjorn and or me, because the only thing we've optimized for in terms of SEO is getting the traffic. Because it didn't really matter what happened after someone signed up if no one signed up because they came from SEO, you know. So we haven't really like spent much time like thinking about like the, the the funnel or the onboarding journey because we were like it it only matters when we've proven that we can get traffic via this channel, and mm-hmm. we've started to prove that. So it's time to like make sure that that's like a really smooth like onboarding journey, basically. That like if you search for something on Google and you find a result on Reform that actually like continues like into the product that experience that you like looked for something and it it's kind of what you get. That's not how it works right now. Basically, mm-hmm. the main purpose right now is just pr- to prove that we're able to get the traffic, and then after that, like it's not really very optimized. So that's another thing that'll make Reform more like self serve and like require less active day to day like pushing from me and Bjorn if like. Yeah. SEO is kind of like optimized and kind of, you know, happening. So that's like the the big things right now. But as I said, I, I just haven't really been able to put in the hours except for like <laughs> talking to Bjorn about it and giving him mm-hmm. direction, I guess. Yeah, a lot to think about, man. I know you're thinking about 24-7 and me less so, but it's good. Looking forward to our mastermind tomorrow. I think we're going to have one. We can dive into all things reform again too yeah so i have thoughts but i need to need to spend a little bit more time thinking about it before i just blurt out (laughs) (laughs) i i will say this like at the superficial level i like that you're you're thinking about what can we change you know let's not be stagnant right and so changing up the homepage and doing these things is good basically like another way to describe what i'm doing right now is trying to figure out like how can we how can we get reform to default alive without like tripling revenue or doubling revenue and one way we can do that is like making it sustainable like figuring out a way that's sustainable for like 
how much we work on it versus how much we work other places. Right now I work on it too little and Bjorn works on it too much basically. So he needs to work on it less and I need to work on it more. And that's like the balance we need to find in like a sense where it's like in theory we could keep doing that, you know, forever, which is what default alive means. Yeah, I like it. I yeah. like it. I think it's the right goal because it then it it's an asset at that point. Like what you're really trying to do is get it to be an asset. In a sense, yeah, but also just like trying to like make sure it survives like cuz right now is like rough waters, you know, in the economy like in general. Well, if you get it to the point of being sustainable, then it, you know, the result will be it it creates more value than it takes, right? And yeah. It seems doable, but yeah. As you and I both know, it's it's a road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's uh Let's switch. <laughs> switch, switch places here. Yeah, you just shoved the talking pillow into my hands, so it's my turn. Yep. <laughs> well, the what's what's the one they had at Airbnb, the crit bun or something? Did they now? <laughs> it was like a little pillow they sat on or something like that. It was called. Oh, like, funny. When they did critiques. Oh, okay. And I think they called like crit buns. And then one of the founders is like, I don't know if he still is, but like at least like two or three years ago, he was still selling them out of his garage like even though he's running like a billion dollar company he was like shipping them and stuff <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah of course why not so yeah how's it going with me a couple things are starting to work which is cool one of those i tweeted about yesterday which is fun i think we're starting to see results from google yeah i saw that tweet expand so we changed the website pretty dramatically a couple months ago and and actually it's funny because I, I tweeted it out when we did it, I think it was late August. Then I think we went all in on it. Yeah, I think it was August 17th or something like that. So, you know, typical Google couple months lag time. But I did notice suddenly on the first that we're getting more traffic from Google. And at first I was like, I also happened to be on the Stars for the Rest of Us podcast that same week. So I kind of chalked it up to that. But it wasn't just those days. Now, we did have a spike because of that, because I think people were typing in, you know, Summit or something like that to Google and coming because they heard the podcast. But we do seem to have sustainably higher traffic starting to come in from Google, which is cool. And I think our our strategy of, and I put that in quotes because I don't use any SEO tools, was basically put a lot of content-rich calculators for free on the homepage and website and get people to embed and link to those is starting to work. And when Google crawls all of that, it just has lots of delicious links and keywords and H1s that are starting to work. And then when people embed these calculators on other sites, Google starts to see more and more links back to us. So nice. I believe it's working. There's a trick I use, because it looked like you're using Google uh, Webmaster Tools or Web Console mm-hmm. or whatever it's called these this month. Basically what I do is like I add a filter and say that the query does not contain the word reform, just to kind of filter, try to filter out like those brand searches. Okay. And then, then the the number is way lower <laughs> when you do that. But then it gives you more like it's easier to see if SEO is working because it kind of drowns in the brand searches if if it's like relatively popular. Okay, cool. So that's something you can play around with. That is cool. I can see the ones that we're starting to rise for. This is actually the first time I've ever logged in a Google search console, literally this moment. (laughs) And you were on the right Google account and everything? 
I know, right? That's the amazing thing. I think I created this because I tried to sign up for Ahrefs or one of those other tools, and it wanted me to create this in order to do that. And then I stopped using the other tool, but I guess I kept this going. <laughs> and this is cool. It looks like we're starting to climb for certain terms. I don't know if it's worth sharing those, but that's good. I mean, branded search or summit is dominating, but yeah, there's some other ones that are not that that are starting to climb as well. And that's fun to see. Yeah, that's cool. And like, if you're like, you know, on the top of page two, like you'll get like basically like one or two clicks <laughs> at most, mm -hmm. but it, but it still means that you jumped a lot. And then like once you're like, like it only starts to work when you get to the top basically. But but on the way there, you start to see like little glimmers of hope, you know? Yeah, so we, we are, there is a search phrase here, which is pretty valuable in my opinion, that we're now average position is eighth. That's interesting, yeah. average position. They even have to say average because everybody's results are just a little bit different, I guess. So it's like hmm. average. So we, we, we've been ever, anywhere from, you know, anyway, we're top 10 for this, which is exciting. We are even up to six or something. So that's, that's cool, man. I'm starting to see, starting to see those results that are based on just becoming known as the place to go for these kinds of things. And that's really neat. That's kind yeah. of one part of the update. The other part is realizing that these, and this is an extension from last conversation, which I also want to say a thank you. So we have all these calculators out here and what we're realizing is that I'm trying to, there's a, there's a metaphor here, and I might have used it with you on a mastermind or elsewhere, but basically these calculators that we feature on our homepage and, and library, they're essentially what I think of as like, you're walking through the warehouse and there's like these ingredients that are just there, but you still have to like do something with those ingredients. So, you know, whether you want to use Ikea or Costco, take your pick, there's these ingredients or these bulk materials that are there. But like, we don't expect most people to just take those and use them. I mean, it's great when they do and you can, but the call to action that we started sharing last week in emails to people and in business development efforts was, you know, we will work with you to take one of these calculators or build a new one from scratch and just completely bake it into your funnel somewhere. So it could be blog content, could be a landing page, could be a marketing site, could be a microsite, et cetera. And Got some reactions from that, all good reactions, and, and got one person reached out over Slack, I think it was the MicroConf channel or elsewhere, but they basically said they'd be interested in working with us, so we have a, a meeting scheduled. But we, even the people that were already on our radar, we're finding a lot more traction there of saying, turns out you're busy, marketing person, and rather than hand you a calculator, even though you can just embed this calculator anywhere on your site, the people who want to use what we've built, I'll say strategically, which means to get the most out of it, really capture you know, interesting insights and develop something valuable, they kind of want more than that. They don't want to just slap it onto a page and, and be done, right? They want to do something that's custom, special. They want to use the API and customize the UX, so they, they don't want to actually use the embed. We had a couple calls in the last week where we were talking to some folks, which will hopefully come to light soon. And they basically said, show us what you can do. And so now we're, we're gonna do the unscalable thing for a while, which is, okay, we're gonna use the Summit Calculator behind the scenes, 
but we're going to essentially full service this thing and incorporate it into your funnel the way that we think you should. Now, obviously, we'd love it if you would have the time and, and could do that, but people don't, you know, it's, it's a lift. So we're still offering that. I'd say the traction's good. Really excited about the ones we're talking to right now. I'll give you a little bit more detail. One of them is going to be focused on uh, one of two things, either dilution, like what happens when you raise a round of funding, how much do you dilute in terms of ownership, et cetera. There's another one that we're kicking around possibly to show founders, you know, if you offer compensation and it's flexible, like employees can choose between equity or salary cash, how would that impact your company payroll or your cap table? And then the other one was we're working on a kind of a makeover or revamp of a pricing page for someone. And I really like this one. I think this was the most interesting learning of the week. Summit calculators can do pricing calculations really well. So if you have a SaaS pricing model that incorporates usage or tiering or volume-based tiering, or hey, if you have up to five, it's this price, but then over 10, it's this price. All that logic can live inside a Summit calculator. And then what's fun about that is you can add sliders to your pricing page. You can power your numbers that show up in your pricing page using that. And then what's more is, okay, but now you wanna generate a custom quote. You can use the same calculator. Now you want to call it by API because when you get a new lead that comes in, you wanna generate what the price might be. You could hit it and just get the price back and flow that into Zapier. Where this is going, I hope is, I think there's a really interesting spot for Summit for some people to be the place where their pricing model lives. Mm-hmm. And it syncs with Stripe or it syncs with Chargebee or it syncs with you know whatever it is you use. But what I'm learning is people's pricing model right now is like, oh, we've hard-coded it into a static page. We also have it in a G sheet. We also have it in a sales template. So when we quote people prices and it's living inside Stripe, and you're like, so you have uh, like four different places that your pricing model lives. They're not in sync with each other. And every time you change it or update the code for one, it's pain. And you're not really getting any of that. There's no leverage there, right? So That's interesting. Yeah. Meanwhile, you wish your pricing page was more interactive, more engaging. And I'll give you an example. A lot of people come to pricing pages and they go, I understand that right now I'll pay X because I going to make this many calls but if my business grows how much is this going to cost me next month and three months and 12 months imagine being able to just very easily generate that answer for them that says this is how your costs will grow over time it can help answer questions that people have so that's another one where i think it's a it's a decent lift but once we build that for someone or maybe a couple someone's so if you're listening let me know once we build that for a couple someone's i think it'll make for a really great a gallery for us where we can show that to agencies and others and say hey if you're redoing your website and your marketing page is one or your pricing page is one of them if you incorporate a summit model these are all the benefits right and you know then you even have a low code way of updating that so you don't need to get a javascript developer back involved to when you change your pricing in Stripe to have it also show up on your on your website, right? So we can we can help keep that in sync without a developer being involved. So so those are all the things that are in motion. Peter is leading the charge on all of those. I am playing a supporting role, which is fun. And it feels like kind of playing coordinator in chief. 
and yeah, it feels really good. So it's kind of how it's going on the say sales and marketing side. That's cool. That's a super interesting. I can see that fight for you and against you. <laughs> yeah. If you're intercom, people are going to be like, oh my God, I'm going to pay that much. Right. Right. There's going to be some companies who don't even want this. But even with an intercom, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like if you need to generate a custom quote for someone, you're probably doing that in a spreadsheet. Right. Think about how much better it would be if that were an interactive quote that you could send to your client. And we, so we have some customers doing this. They actually, their enterprise sales team will send summit links to their clients. And that client then can play with the numbers and say, mm-hmm. you know, what if we added 10 more users? What would that price be? And then that intelligence yeah. gets fed back to the sales team. So it's, it's actually helping them more than an email. You can see yeah. if someone's in, interacting. Dude, I love Summit, the, the Canvas part. I've been using it the, the last few days. Cool. I hope it never goes away. I hope it, the, that part stays. <laughs> uh, that part will always stay because we need people to build stuff. I think what I found out is that it's, it's like any language where it's great to have a REPL. It's great to have like the text editor. But most people want to build sites or applications with, with languages. And you know, if you think about it, in one sense, you're kind of playing with just, like I said, the REPL or the shell of Summit. And yeah. I, I love it too. I'd, I kind of want to do like a summit. I love my entire like family, like finance situation just because it's like, there's like payments that are quarterly. Some is like, you know, there's a car payment I do every year. There's like insurance at different times of a year. And so it's like, it's just interesting. It's interesting to like, just put it all in there and, and see what it looks like. I already have a spreadsheet, but it's just for like, it basically has just like an average of what, the car costs every month but in reality it's like i don't pay like a little amount every month for my car like i have like a big service bill in the middle of the yep. year and i pay insurance one time a year and yeah i have i have quarterly insurance payments in the house i have annual property tax payments which is significant i do that about once a year in summit i lay it all out like a master blueprint and i just kind of check and see that the plan works the structure works because you know we have multiple accounts we're moving money around when i get paid and all that stuff and yeah that is actually in and of itself it's just a really nice like sort of personal financial retreat exercise (laughs) to do and then it lets you add in things like well what if i do this or that um so yeah i mean that's like the og use case of summit and that is that is still valid and fun so that's yeah that's that's kind of my update nice did you have something else you want to talk about? You feel like you got a little uh, fired up about boards on Twitter the other day. <laughs> yeah, I got fired up about a couple things. I'll share the short version. I, I'm just thinking about, a, I think it might be useful for me at some point. And there's a lot of these things which I just simply don't have time for. So I send out these sort of invigorating tweets every once in a while where I'm just like, yeah. this is on my mind. I want to talk about this, but I don't, I'm not going to write a 2000 word blog post today. But I'll just say, share my observation, okay? The observation that is the inciting incident for this is I think a lot of founders have had very bad experiences with bosses and companies, employers of all shapes and sizes. And I think they kind of take that. And when they start companies and become founders, they really eschew <laughs> those things and so they don't want a boss well that's easy because i'm the founder and ceo right whatever and they don't want 
a boss in any other sense. So they don't have investors. That's like another thing. And then they don't want a boss in another sense. And and sometimes, you know, well, I'd say it seems like most of the time companies don't create any kind of advisory board or board of directors. And I think that sounds super heavy. And so I wish there was another way to say it, but I think I don't think there is. Summit doesn't yet. And I'll say why is like we don't have employees with significant ownership being and I'm a solo founder. But you know, the more I talk to teams that have co-founders, that's like an even split, or I talk to companies that have employees that have equity, I do genuinely worry about, you know, companies, especially once they're starting to get successful, where it's just kind of a founder or two founders who run everything. And there's no obvious mechanism to either A, like get valuable feedback and advice from those people and how they're doing. And I think we get masterminds and we do retreats and we do a lot of other kind of stuff in general to like get those things. So I think people have sources for that. But the part that's really missing is, and I think masterminds are supposed to do this as well, but I'll, I'll explain why they're a little bit different, like the accountability part. So you have a couple people on the team and there's issues or the co-founders have a disagreement. Like at the end of the day, without some kind of council or senate or or board of sorts how in the world does that get resolved right if if you truly have a disagreement which can't be resolved just through conversation coffee beers whatever quiet time together <laughs> yeah how, how is that going to end well and i i i think that we're around a lot of folks that are starting companies and brand new but i'll tell you like Give it two years, three years, four years, five years, 10 years, whatever it is. I just have to say that I think people are sort of rolling the dice and and employees that are joining companies that don't have any way of resolving conflict at the highest levels are also rolling the dice. And that conflict could be co-founders don't agree. It could be this founder is kind of running the company to the ground or has outlived his or her usefulness. Like they're just not very good at the job anymore. Neither of those is good for people that own a part of this company, but if the founder is like this is the emperor, if you will, of the business, tough, right? I'm okay with that if it's like the only people that suffer are the founder. But if employees are gonna suffer or co-founders are gonna suffer or investors, I don't care if you call it a board or whatever, but there needs to be a group of people who can somehow right the ship and protect the interests of everyone else right? It could be as simple as burnout. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be malicious. So this is something that's top of my mind and just sharing it while it is. Yeah. Do you think like an advisory board is like good enough for smaller companies? Or you think like a legally, like a, technically we have a board that consists of me, you know, <laughs> but would you hire someone or would people do it just like because they're nice people or? There are people who would do it because they're nice people. I think most people expect some tiny bit of grant or stock incentive or ownership, like for their service, you know, once a month. Depends how involved they are. If it's three, four times a year, they sit through a couple hour meeting with you. I don't even know if that's very valuable anyway. If it's a couple times a year, you probably want to treat that like a retreat where you're sharing your problems. I think if you can find, you know, if you're co-founders, if you can find one person that both of you really appreciate the perspective of 
and adds value because they're just, they've been there, done that. And you can get them to join you for a meeting four times a year. There you go, right? And, and now I don't care how formal it is, but if you can, you know, just create an odd number of people in a room that can help you work through the hard stuff if they're, you know, and that doesn't have to be like conflict. That could just be like, we really don't know what to do with this business next, or we really aren't sure if the strategy is, is right. Yeah. I think we all want that. And then it just comes down to conflict resolution or, or whatever, which again, that hardly ever comes up. Like if it's functional, I had a, I had a mentor of mine say like, if a board's functional, if a company's functional, that you, you're literally never casting votes where there's to resolve a conflict, right? That is like right. worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. But it's nice to have worst case scenario in case one of you burns out or gets sick or disappears or just starts doing a really bad job. And, you know, I think you can have it be informal if like you get together with that person and there's nothing structured, but like, hey, you know, just through simple kind of call it peer pressure or guidance or the wisdom of of a multitude kind of thing where you're like hey like we really care about you and we think x and we agree like that can be enough in some cases to just like help the person maybe realize you know that this isn't this isn't working or this needs to go like this in other cases when the stakes are higher then i think you do have to figure out okay if the stakes get higher it doesn't have to be formal but my thought is just to whatever extent you don't have that you're kind of doing this without a safety net. And again, it's think of it as insurance, right? It's insurance. It's in case things don't go the way you plan. And in the meantime, it's actually better than insurance because you can get a ton of value out of that kind of relationship. I mean, if you're going to raise money, they can help. If you need advice, they can help. But yeah, that's the way I think about it. The reason I want a board is because my law firm told me that they'll sit on board meetings for free as part of their service. That's also true. I think every time I have a legal thing, I could just call a board meeting (laughs) and have a lawyer be there. It creates a paper trail, which is great. So you basically say, on this date, we decide. So um, when you go and get a, if you ever need to go get a 409A evaluation and and value employee stock, having a board date that you can go back to and say, at this board date, we... You know, this is when the options were granted and you just have a date on on paper that a lawyer signed. You yeah. can now justify why this employee got stock worth X, right? Because it was within this many months of this valuation. But you're just creating a paper trail for yourself and an audit trail, which is also really, really nice. You know, and, and again, the smaller you are, the less risky it is. But I can't imagine having, you know, even half a dozen employees or you know, let alone dozens of employees and not having something like this because it, maybe it's just having gone through what I did previously. It's peace of mind is just really valuable to me. My thoughts. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, you, you, you need to... I'll be excited to have a board because it means that things are going better than they are right now. <laughs> sure, sure. And, and again, I don't mean to overstate the need. It's just a topic that came to mind kind of recently and also I find it fun because boy it's controversial a lot of people have very negative reactions to it I think because they've just had so many bad experiences with any kind of I mean they've all seen the Steve Jobs movie and they think that that means they're going to get fired from their own company and and whatnot so or whatever you know ideas they have so and that makes it fun to talk about but 
again, I'm not overselling it. We don't have one yet because the risk isn't really there, but something to keep in mind as you're growing. I like it. Before we wrap up, I want to give a shout out to our second sponsor. We have a show notes sponsor again. It's been a long time, but we, we have a sponsor of our show notes this week. And it's Deepak Bear, which is a fellow Tiny Sea company, actually. It's basically you hook it up to your website and it continuously checks for how long your website takes to load. And it also monitors all, they're called, let's see if I can pronounce this, core web vitals. <laughs> which is like specified metrics by Google that are important. It's an important ranking factor. It's important for like accessibility and all this stuff, but it is a part of how Google ranks websites. So it makes sense from like technical SEO point of view. Anyways, Debug Bear, they have a lot of cool features like that. They have a free website checker as well that you can hook your web. You could basically just put your website in and they'll run a They'll basically scan it and see if there's any like stuff that you need to check change. And uh, you can find the link to that free website website checker in our show notes because Debug Bear is our show notes sponsor. So thank you, Debug Bear. And with those words, I think we can wrap up. All right, man. And I'm maybe I'll just talk to you next week. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, buddy. Good. Talk to you later. <laughs> bye for now. Take care. Bye. Bye.